Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's Palmetto Championship. And joining me to break it all down, it's Mark Immelman. Mark, good to see you. Nice to see you, Rick. I'm back in my hotel after a long commute. Uh, Congaree is in the middle of uh, a rural area, I'll call it. Uh, We're staying in a nice hotel close to Hilton Head, so it's a long commute. But I tell you what, it is worthwhile. This is some sort of golf course, and it's, it's, it's showed out so far, that's for certain. Well, I, I told you before we went hot, no producer Jacob tonight. So if there's any technical difficulties, that's my fault. So bear bear with me for this evening. But you are you're out there, Mark. And I think the the star of the show so far, outside of Chesson Hadley, outside of Dustin Johnson, it's it's this golf course. And the thing that we talked about on Thursday night's pod is I love seeing those those uh sand divots pop up when someone hits a shot out of the fairway. And there's just a lot of unique aspects of this. So I'm dying to hear your take of what you've seen through now two rounds or almost two complete rounds at Congaree. Well, before I talk about the golf course, Rick, I just want to talk about the entire initiative that is Congaree. I mean, what they do here for young people, identifying young students, young achievers of lesser means, bringing them in here, educating them, preparing them, mentoring them, and and then placing them in universities. And the success rate has been astronomical. It, it is just it's such a worthy cause. And all the members, they're no members. They're only two members, the two founders, but everyone else are ambassadors. And the ambassador's job is to, you know, just take kids under their wings, mentor them. Um, and, and so many kids after college have gotten uh, internships at, at major organizations because of the mentorship program. And so from that point of view, we had dinner in the uh, clubhouse last night, and, and I met uh, the founder, Bob Friedkin, and uh, had dinner with Bob Ferguson, the tournament director, and they're just so passionate about what they do, and and they've got lofty goals for this place, which is cool, and, uh, and they want to bring big events here, and I'll tell you what, it's a golf course that was only uh, built in 2017. Okay. Yeah. And now it's just four short years later. They're hosting a PGA Tour event. They pulled off hosting this thing in 90 days. Apparently, they had a war room. They had big whiteboards and had everything they had to do to get the golf course and the tournament ready. And you wouldn't have known that if you didn't know that because the golf course is pristine. It's in tremendous shape. It, it, it overloads you in a sensory capacity. You stand on the tee and you see sandy areas, you see moguls, you see they're not bunkers, but they're also sandy areas. They're just dotted all over the place. And then these ribbons of fairways that weave in between there. And uh, and the wind can have an influence here. Uh, the ball gets on the ground and goes. It's mm-hmm. a sand, sand base, as you say, and they can firm it up so quickly. 
And we've seen the Greens pick up some speed here over the last couple of days. And and if we can dodge one or two showers coming, yeah, um, uh, coming through here, I think by the time Sunday rolls around, this place may be hair-raising because the ball gets to going fast, I'll tell you. The numbers are telling a story of already through two days, it's getting significantly harder. The course played about seven-tenths of a stroke over par on Thursday and here on Friday. And, of course, they're currently uh, – play has been suspended, so there's a couple of guys who have who have holes to go. But playing two shots over par here on mm-hmm. Friday, Mark, is that is that because the course is firming up? Was it more exposed? Was the wind kicking up today? What did you see? Well, there was some wind, uh, and that was a little different to round one, but uh, it was amazing. I was taken for a ride around the golf course by the director of course operations and John Lavelle, and he said just a few weeks ago they got absolutely lashed year with rain. They took, mm-hmm. you know, like three-odd inches, and the place was progressively drying. And you could see each day it's just that little bit drier, and the sun shone on it, the wind blew, so it's dried out. And, yeah, it's it's a little wind today, but it's that golf course firming up. And the incidence of three putts on the greens is unlike <laughs> any, usually on the PGA Tour. I mean, there was a statistic shared on our broadcast this afternoon that spoke of your average PGA Tour event they're sort of 53 putts around, I think it is. And I'm, I hope I'm not butchering the number. But it's almost doubled that because these greens are sort of tabletop and they've got humps and hollows. And you can easily miss a green by hitting a good shot because of the speed and the firmness of the greens. And if you hit one and it takes a wrong slope, all of a sudden you're staring three putt and disaster in the face. So you have to be so precise and you have to have so much touch and creativity and imagination. The golf course is a beauty and and I think it's it's an instant classic really in my opinion. I saw lots of three putts today, Mark, mostly from golfers that I've backed or have in one and done or things yeah, like that. Yeah, uh, yeah my your, your guy had some too. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about the good results uh, so far through 36 holes. Chesson Hadley atop the leaderboard at the moment. Again, a couple of guys still have a few holes to play, but Chesson Hadley, 11 under par, backs up his Thursday 65 with a Friday 66. Now, this might be a little bit surprising for the 320th ranked player in the world. But what I liked about him, Mark, was his interview after round one. He kind of laughed off the fact that he had missed four cuts in a row and basically nine of his last 11, something like that. And he's taking it all in stride. He's fine, trying to find the positives in everything. And he's finding a lot of positives at Congaree. Well, he's just proof of what the storylines, most storylines that are never covered on the PGA Tour are like week in and week out. It's talented guys who may be on the wrong side of form, who's struggling along, who grinding, and then all of a sudden find a little something. Now, Chesson Hadley's decorated. I mean, the guy's went on tour. He was a star in college. He hits the ball hard. He's reliable from right to left. And when he gets going, we've seen he can shoot low scores. And But then on the other side of the equation, you get on the wrong side of things. All of a sudden, you miss a few putts. Then Friday afternoons, you're sweating the cuts and the mindset goes a little bit. And then you've missed four, five, six cuts on the spin. But the PGA Tour is a week-to-week thing. I mean, look at Dustin Johnson. He was sort of flying under the radar coming in a little bit of this week, which was strange. But he looks downright unbeatable at the moment. Um, And so for Chesson, you know, color me surprised given the form coming in, but you never know. A golf course fits a guy's eye, he hits a few shots that go right, you make a few putts, all of a sudden, like he said, 
the feels, the thoughts, the mindset, that sort of stuff starts to roll back and it comes back. And as quickly as what the form went, as quickly as what you start to believe, hold on, I can do this. Now, look, it's Friday. There's a lot of golf left Saturday and Sunday when they hand out trophies and checks. But the way he's looking right now, he looks pretty sound. I mean, two rounds in the mid-60s around here uh, is, is, is some golfing. Here's the Chess and Hadley subplot. We know that Victor Hovland broke the Puerto Rico Open curse at least a little bit, Mark. But he did not... He did not win in America. He won Mayakoba. Chesson Hadley, if he were to win, would become the first Puerto Rico Open champion to win again in the United States. He won that event in 2014. So keep an eye out for that. I'm telling you, it's it's out there. It's available. You guys, one thing you can count on on the first cut podcast is a strokes gain statistic and then the Puerto Rico curse. Um, look, I, I, think, I think it would be a cool story. But either curse or not, he's going to have to go if he wants to stay in front of Dustin Johnson. Let's talk talk about Dustin Johnson. He backs up his opening round 65 with a 68. He was rocking and rolling. He ended up making a double bogey on 18 to make this round, in my opinion, look much worse than it actually was. But he is going to enter the weekend two shots back of Chesson Hadley. And he is... By far, uh, I mean, in most situations, the most accomplished, biggest name near the top of the leaderboard. But certainly in this situation, in this week, he would be the man to beat. He's the number one golfer in the world. And, you know, it's how quick we write someone off. Um, But this is Dustin Johnson. And we saw what Dustin Johnson can do when he gets a bit of confidence and starts making a few putts. I mean, he he was invincible late last year, remember? And then he has a few kind of rough finishes, misses a few cuts. But my, uh, I must give some props to one of our research crew, um, MK, Mary Catherine Rotenberry. During a show today, she was doing some research and she handed me this nugget. And the nugget went something to the effect of Dustin Johnson, the last time he played an event the week prior to a major, he finished second. That mm-hmm. was in Houston, and the major the following week was the, the Masters in November. <laughs> mm-hmm. The two majors he missed the cut, Masters and PGA this year, he didn't play the week prior. There you go. And the, <laughs> So this is a guy who looks like a second. I mean, goodness, he, he might fall into second um, <laughs> because of the way he's playing right now. Um, but you never know. There, there's a lot of golf still to be played, but the way he's playing right now, he just looks unfazed. And something to bear in mind, too, um, we were told last night and the news was released, I don't know when it was released, but beginning the week, um, he was awarded the Order of the Palmetto, uh, and that is like South Carolina's highest civilian honor. It's for you know services to the state and bringing notoriety to the state on the national and the, and the international level. So for DJ, I mean, what a thrill to come back to your home state, get this award. Yeah. It's essentially like being knighted in the United Kingdom. And then you show up at a golf course that fits your eye. You start playing well. You roll in a few putts. And it's almost like the whole thing is lining up too well for him to win. I think in Kentucky, the highest honor is they make you a colonel, like Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, really? You can actually be made a colonel <laughs> of Kentucky. So – I, very interesting stuff. Uh, Tang Lee, cool. eight under. Harris English, Ches Reevy, six under. But Mark, on a Friday evening, I'd be remiss if I did not mention that we have not one, not two, three South Africans inside the top 
Tangara Kigo, Wilco Ninibar. You can check my pronunciation on that. And Eric Nina, von Royen. Let's, let's try this again. Ninarber. Ninarber. Oh, there we go. Ninarber. That is not what I was. Wilco Ninarber, Garrick Higo, Eric von Royen, all inside the top 10. Yeah. Um, I caught up with Garrick earlier this week, and I wasn't on the Tuesday show. Um, and he had spent some time down in Sea Island at a course called Frederica. That's very similar to this. And, and he was pretty confident coming in. Um, second start here in the U.S. Played the first one was the PGA, and that was an eye popper for him, I'm sure. Um, Eric van Rooyen's been playing well. Like, you know, he's a ball striker, and this place would fit his eye. And then Wilco, I mean, the guy, um, he's going to turn Bryson DeChambeau's head. Yeah. And <laughs> and next week at the U.S. Open, I have a feeling that Wilco, <laughs> if he doesn't do something spectacular this week, may become an internet darling because the guy is a whippet. I mean, he's like six foot three. He looks like a one iron. He's got this big wide arc and with a three quarter pass and he doesn't even break a sweat. I mean, he will lace it past Brasson. And Brasson, if you're listening, I'm legit about this. It's it, He hits it. He grew up uh, in South Africa, it's called the plateau because you got the coastline and then you got the escarpment and then the the it's about two thousand meters above sea level. So everyone from there learns to hit the ball high to take advantage of the thin air. And this guy, it gets pummeled into the air and it goes like a bat out of hell. I got to tell you, it's at high speed. So um, if if he does anything remotely decent next week, I feel like the world may get to know him in a hurry. I cannot remember who was playing in front of him on Thursday, but he he tweeted out, I saw this ball come in behind me. I had to check my my yardage book to see if that was real. And then I checked shot link later and it was confirmed that he hit it 346 yards or whatever it was over the corner. I, I can't I have to find out who was playing in front of his group, but it was, he it was funny hit stuff. one he hit one yesterday that was three fifty something. And I think maybe Roberto that was Castro was playing, was, was that was playing it. with him. It, it was Roberto Castro. He goes, this thing was legit, a Walmart in front of me. I mean, it's it's, it's impressive to watch because when Bryson hits it hard, it's like an explosion. You know, there's just arms and legs and breathing and stuff flying around the place. Wilco, it it just looks like he is on cruise control. I'd like to know if he really opens up how far he could hit one. Also, I believe your best bet is Garrick Higo to be top South African, which at this point, Mark, he might have to win the golf tournament because (laughs) he's he's getting a lot of competition up here at the top of the board. Three guys putting on a great performance. Um, I want to turn our attention to... I thought my best bet was Garrick to beat Harold Varner. Oh, maybe it was. I did say Garrick would be the most South African. And I'm looking pretty good on the Varner bet right now. Uh... The Varner bet you've got locked up. So that one's that one's already done. And I believe you're right. That was your best bet. And you also had him as top South African. I believe that is correct. All right. Let's take a look at the betting odds from our friends over at William Hill. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Mark, I think it should be uh, no surprise here that uh, there is one man standing alone. The the William Hill odds board here. His name is Dustin Johnson. He is even money. Chesson Hadley is four to one. And then the next closest competitor is Harris English at 11 to one. So the way that this pans out, William Hill says it is Dustin Johnson versus the field. That's that's what they're saying. <laughs> well, if you had to poll the locker room at Congaree, I would say that 
everybody, bar about five or six guys, are probably saying Dustin Johnson's going to win. Every fan around here is saying Dustin Johnson's going to win. And clearly the bookies are too. I mean, there's you know, Chess and Hadley and company who are in there with a the shot. They're not going to hand it to him right now. But they all know that Dustin Johnson is, you know, when he's got his facilities about him and he's making putts, I'm, I'm not sure he has a match. And uh, he's playing at home. He'll have the lion's share of the fan support behind him. And so uh, it, it's all on the putter for Dustin. Um because the way he's hitting it, I mean, it was an aberration, the final hole, when he hit that long iron into the the waste area, not the waste area, the sandy area with a native grass on the left and, and took a penalty drop. But otherwise, he's absolutely killing that driver. It's accurate. The distance control with the irons is good. The only bugaboo for me is he said he was struggling with the greens reading. He said they were tricky. And I don't care how well you've hit it. I've said it on the show before. You cannot out-hit a bulky putter, even if you're Dustin Johnson. Because if you miss one or two short ones, you 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 open the door for the competition. So if he does what I expect him to do on the greens, because he's looking more and more comfortable, he's got the old putter back in the bag. I don't know why he ever changes. Apparently, he's got nine putters on site this week, and he still put the old one back in. So uh, only only nine. I feel like I, I would have guessed it was more than that. I, th- I thought an even dozen. <laughs> well, well, Col- well, Colton Nose made the, uh, a very funny quip. He goes, "Yeah, you can do that if you fly private." If you're flying commercial, you've got to pay extra baggage. So he's, he'd been working on the putter. The, the work seems to be paying off. And if he putts well, uh, with respect to everyone else, I think it's one-way traffic. Also worth noting that T4 is five shots back. So Hadley and, and DJ are creating some type of separation here at the top of the leaderboard. So anybody who's going to want to come from that chase pack is going to have to do a lot of work or hope that the leaders come back to them. Also, Mark, I'm, I'll continue to heap the praise here. You're, I think you're hot this week. I, I, when I was listening, you were beating Colt Nost in a closest to the pin competition. <laughs> you, you're not catching any L's this week. You are just straight fire right now now <laughs> it's pure happenstance and luck because i don't know the golf course <laughs> it's just guessing man it's professional guessing is all it is all right awesome stuff we will be back after rounds three and four to break down the rest of the palmetto championship but for now i'll still thank producer jacob he's not here i'm not doing his job he's usually here well deserved night off uh for producer jacob that right there that's mark immelman you can find him at mark underscore immelman and you can find me at rick run good this has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time